Hello and welcome to the Sports Technology Podcast. In this episode, we speak with Ross Weir from Progressive Sport Technologies. His latest project is the Rescue Belt, a training device that loads the breathing muscles like weightlifting for your diaphragm. He talks about the product's development and entrepreneurial innovation in the sports technology field. For more information, check out our website, sportstechnologypodcast.com, and be sure to follow us on Twitter at SportsTechPod. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Sports Tech Podcast. I'm Mike, and joining me today is the Director of Progressive Sports here at Loughborough University, Ross Weir. So he's going to talk a little bit about his company, how he got into sports technology, as well as one of his newest products being launched soon, the Recipe Belt. So Ross, can you just say hello and maybe just talk a little bit about how you got into sports technology, how Progressive started, and then we'll just start from there. No problem, and uh, thanks for having me over today to, uh, to talk with you. Um, yeah, I've been involved in sports technology uh, for some 11 odd years now and enjoyed every minute of that. Back in 2001, um, I was looking to, to change what I did as a career. I had a background in health and fitness, but always had a passion for design and science as well. When you start to combine those three, uh, you know, sports technology would probably be the thing that you would wrap that up in as a, as a description of what you should be doing with your life. So I uh, fortunately found the sports technology degree program at Loughborough University. It was in its infancy. It was almost a, a sort of a test program for what has been rolled out over the past decade. Um, and I was fortunate enough to enroll on that program. Uh, ended up doing my undergraduate degree at Loughborough in sports technology and during that time also catalyzed my interest in the commercial side of sports technology. So whilst I've got an interest in research for sure, I certainly want to see that research turned into product which is, you know, that's what drives us forward at Progressive. So Progressive didn't exist until uh, those ideas were cemented in, in my mind and in partnership with Professor Mike Kane, who now uh, was previously headed up the Sports Technology Research Group um, within the Sports Technology Institute, we worked together to develop the idea of what progressive this business might, might be. And to launch that concept, we had some ideas already developed, which uh, turned out to be, uh, sort of talking about it back to front, but turned out to be the Reebok Deck which was the first product we developed and licensed as a, as a business once we were incorporated. So that, no, that goes right back to the start of, of where I got into sports technology and the first product that Progressive developed and then licensed to Reebok, um, which is still on sale today. That's awesome. So one of the newer products that you're, you're coming out with soon is the Recipe Belt. Can you maybe talk a little bit about the history of that product? I know it's gone through a lot of iterations, even name changes. So For sure. This product has, has been one of those that I, I probably wouldn't hold it up as a fantastically executed project. The product's great. I'll just add that. But it was really a project where I learned a huge amount and I made mistakes, many on the way to actually getting the thing commercialised. Not all of those mistakes you have control over, they seem like a mistake as you move further along the timeline, but they're often out of your hands. But certainly we've learned a huge amount from going from what was an original project with the deck, which was really, really smooth. We 
develop the concept. We found a licensing partner. We worked with them, and the product was on the market within, let's say, what, three years, which is not not too bad for a first project. But what is now Recipe Belt started off its life around a similar time. We had the idea for the, the product sort of 2002, talked up, you know, around a table over a beer, you know, what should um, training the breathing muscles be like for athletes who are out on their bikes, in the pool, on the road, you know, is Power Breathe the optimum product, which is a similar product for training the breathing muscles, is that the best way to do that? And while it's uh, certainly not a bad way to train, there are other options and that's where um, this method that we have of restricting, well not restricting, of loading the, uh, the breathing muscles, just like you load your, your biceps when you do a bicep curl with a dumbbell, we're doing the same with an, a, a highly um, powerful elastic around the, the thorax. So yeah, it's, it's, it wasn't a smooth project in comparison. And as you can see, you know, having an idea in 2002 and then seeing the product you know, being available now um, you know, in 2012, that's a big gap <laughs> for what is a simple product. But you're right, it went through different iterations. It stopped and started as a project for one reason or another, mainly that we were working on consultancy and sometimes progressive projects have to take a back seat. And that we were trying to see this as a licensing product, as we had done with the, the Reebok deck. And that then brings into the mix the third parties that you have to approach, such as, you know, I won't name names, but you know, the, the big brands that did look at the, the product at different times. And we actually had the product in front of three different companies at different times with the same response, which was essentially... It's a really interesting idea, but we don't see it as a mass market product. You know, maybe you can go away, come back with some more validation and efficacy data, and we may consider it more seriously. But the reality is, and you have to listen to that when you hear it three times, is that it's not a mass market product. It's for athletes and sports enthusiasts who you know, really are training for performance. You know, it's like you know, the equivalent of going for a run with a bag full of rocks. You know, most people aren't going to enjoy that experience too much. They'd rather just go for a run. But for some, you know, if you're training to get into the military or whatever it is, you need to experience this additional load of training with you know, weight in a rucksack or whatever. It's vital that you do that. Training the breathing muscles is kind of similar in that respect in that it brings about performance benefits. Uh, that are of use to those athletes who are training for those performance benefits in a way that requires that your training be harder. And so for the recreational guys, and in fact for guys like myself who run for fun, you know, I might consider training with the recipe belt when I start to see a plateau in my training and my performance, but that might not come for some time. But if you're uh, well-trained, um, training to beat times, personal bests, compete at the top level, then not training your breathing muscles, you know, it's a big gap in your training program. Right, and so I imagine just identifying the customers is really the, one of the challenges as you start out designing a product. You have a really great idea how we can help train the breathing muscles, but then who do we market that to? Who do we design it for? And then um, really focusing then 
those ideas is, 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 uh, can be challenging at times, I imagine. It is, and I think we made mistakes mm-hmm. in potentially thinking that the product was broader than it was. But you know, that's we, we're through that now. We've we've under- yeah, because so can like so so where is it currently? So, so we're, we're pitching this product at those what we describe three six five athletes, people who live and breathe the sport that they they choose. A good example would be somebody who's training in uh, triathlon. You know, even if you train in triathlon at a recreational level, the commitment required um, for those disciplines makes you of the mindset that actually performance really is at the heart of what you're trying to achieve. And those athletes, they are performing three events where the body's in very different positions. Um, You know, take the the swim being prone uh, with hydrostatic pressure around the body uh, on the bike in the uh, doubled position with the knees coming up to the chest, compressing the ribs and the contents of the stomach up against the diaphragm, and the run, which you know is at the end of the event where the breathing muscles are tired. Um, often you, you will hear, even with the elite athletes, problems with stitch um, within the running part portion of the event, which is again you know, thought to be linked to um, reduced blood flow, blood flow to the diaphragm. Um, and the stresses of, of breathing. So it's uh, a product that works very well in all of those three disciplines because of the unique challenges that they place on the body. So can you just walk us through, like, what does the product look like? I know when we post it, um, we're going to put, put pictures up and there's some video out there as well. But when an like, athlete first comes to approach the product, do you see it on the table? What do they do? It's a really simple product, and that's why the time it's taken to get to market, people will scratch their heads yeah. and wonder what we did. And it went through many guises, and, and maybe we'll talk about that. But on the table in front of you will essentially be um, a specially developed elastic, um, which is constructed so that you have a retaining base elastic, which wraps around the thorax, and that's essentially what the, the training elastics mount to. So they're connected at the back of the garment to what we describe as the spine of the product. They then wrap around the rest of the thorax when you put the garment on and impart this elastic load to the lower portion of the ribcage. It's quite comfortable to wear. We've developed a special silicon coating for the inside band, the the retaining band, so that the the product won't slip down even when you're sweating. There's a reasonable amount of compression. I mean, this garment works in a way where if you were to impart or try to impart the compression through, say, a, a T-shirt, you physically could not get that product on. It's quite you know, high compression. Okay, so maybe we can talk a little bit, but that's kind of one of the early iterations was actually having it in a, a, a full, full T-shirt. It was. We, we had the idea that what people would want is almost a garment they could you know, throw on and everything would be connected, mm-hmm. the resistance bands and what have you, and, and you'd be good to go. And that's, uh, that's still you know, a potential iteration for future product. What that comes with is you know, the additional cost of you know, um, adding what we would say, let's describe it as a, as a carrying base layer to the product. Um, and the fact that in some respects, you know, compression garments have been slowly devalued by the number of products that are in the market. So it's difficult when you add that piece to the, to the assembly 
to make that piece pay for itself in some respects. Whereas the, the elastics that we've developed, the silicon coatings that we've developed and the product of Rescue Belt as it is, um, you know, it delivers everything you need. It doesn't restrict you to having to wear that particular base layer, which I think helps some sponsored athletes. So you know, if you're Nike sponsored, you know, great. Stick this on over the top of your, your base layer, under your base layer, wherever you want to put it. You can put it over the top of outerwear garments on winter runs um, because, you know, certainly it's a training tool. So for some sections and different types of runs, you might only wear the garment, you know, at full power for only portions of the run. You know, so there will be variations in the way that you use it and um, having access to that on the outside of, of the garment is quite handy sometimes, particularly when in colder months you're wearing those layers. You're obviously very satisfied where it's all the, the iterations and, and challenges you've come to overcome, what kind of do you take away from, from this as you go on to kind of develop new products and go through that process again with, with something different? Is there one thing that stands out or is there a piece of advice that you could give to versioning entrepreneurs or product designers when they kind of go through this commercialization process? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the short answer. Yeah. Is yes, the long answer is really long. Yeah, and uh, maybe just pick out like, maybe <laughs> like a highlight or something like something that you yeah. kind of expect maybe to. Absolutely, this project has entailed the you know the understanding of the physiology of the human body. Breathing is a unique scenario, particularly for training of the muscles. As a muscle group in the body, they, they respond in a very strange way to train them at levels at which you know muscle training starts to you know provide things like you know, muscle hypertrophy and, and improvements in efficiency and strength. And it means that they have to be trained at quite high levels. You you only breathe at those levels when you're pushing your limits at say you know running your very fastest three or five k time on a, on a run. Mm -hmm. And that means that you know you cannot really train without load for longer than let's say ten minutes at those levels, and they're mainly slow twitch muscle fiber, and therefore you know ten minutes of training for a slow twitch muscle fiber is really not enough volume. So you know understanding those parameters and working out how to create the product so that you can go out and train for forty minutes with the muscles under load which is what we do with Respite Belt, uh, you know, why that connection works and, and, and putting those together. So you've got this understanding of the physiology, you've got the conceptualization of what the product is, and the realization that there might be something unique in the way that that product is assembled, uh, the concept of it brings you into the realms of intellectual property, which is just, you know, it's a can of worms. A costly can of worms. <laughs> you know, this project, you know, because we haven't successfully commercialized it, you know, will stay in the red as far as a you know, commercial uh, project for some time um, because of those costs. So the development costs, we spent time in the lab running trials to see if the results that we were going to get were matching uh, results that other researchers like Professor McConnell was found with her Power Breathe product. Um, you know, we had to go out and tick all of those boxes. And then once you've uh, you know, found that the, the concept works in the lab, the product can be constructed uh, and can be patented, you then actually got to go out and get someone to manufacture 
the product for you. You know, so it's a really long process, and along those, along the way, all of those sort of distinct things. I think I've described four really. We've learned lessons, uh, learned lessons in. I suppose the most painful would come down to the finances of such a project, and that is that if you're going to commit to an idea, then fully commit to it. Um, this product we didn't fully commit to the, the concept at the time. Um, we, we thought it was a great idea and we, and, um, we think the product now is, a, is a fantastic. But as the business was embryonic, I mean, we had one project under our belt and we were starting to do you know, more consultancy for different people, we were stretching the team. Now, we committed to intellectual property but we didn't commit to the project to drive it forward. So we didn't want to let the idea go and essentially we got tied into paying out for international IP all around the world or different you know, levels of patenting that, that come on board as time goes by to the point where you know, you're, you know, you're caught almost between a rock and a hard place here. You've, you've really committed significant finance to the project um, and you haven't moved it forward uh, at any great speed. That's just that's just bad business. <laughs> so, you know, uh, when you when you commit, commit fully, drive it forward, get it complete. Eighteen months, bang on the market. Everyone, you know, cheers and all happy. right. But I suspect if you kind of didn't go through some of these challenges, like oh, yeah. you wouldn't be kind of where you are today, like having like kind of the experience and knowledge. Yeah, to, yeah. When you when you approach something like that again, you kind of have absolutely. A, we had an easy ride, like I say, with the first project. It was it just yeah. went smooth. We had, <laughs> a little too easy. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> it was. It was. It was like. It was too easy, and, and I think we all looked at each other after we signed the deal on, on the Reebok deck and was like, wow, what a great business to be in. This is fantastic. Where's the next idea? Yeah. But no, it's certainly not as straightforward as that. And, you know, I was coming from a service industry where I was essentially like a personal trainer. Um, you know, dealing face-to-face -face with clients and as such meant that from a business point of view, yeah, great in meetings, you know, could really connect with people, you know, which helps, you know, doing the deals, particularly licensing deals. It's all about, you know, people won't license from people that they don't like and you, know, you have to build that rapport. But as far as, you know, a technical designer, I my fallback was immediately off the back of going through a sports technology degree with no commercial experience. Mm -hmm. So over this last ten years, I have learned my trade actually doing uh, right. my trade you know, okay you know you, you have an understanding of what's required but you don't learn until you, you know, get your hands dirty and um, and make mistakes and, and yeah, learn from those mistakes it's, it's and it just, just kind of all, all it's gonna happen isn't yeah. it and um, and recognizing them yeah. and in fact you know holding them up and talking to them to the team that you're working with I mean our team grew from myself and Mike uh, and Jeff to over 10 people at one time. Um, we're, we're smaller now, essentially, we've shrunk down. Um, we had a lot of guys on the team at one time from um, product, you know, graphic designers down to you know, the stuff that we still do today, which is you know, based in the lab, you know, you know, sports technologists. Um, and so we've kind of shaved off the, the stuff that's on the periphery of what we do and, you know, and absorbed some of those skills as people have developed them um, into a smaller smaller team. But, but we're hoping that that'll change. We're, we're looking to sort of grow back a little bit. There seems to be more demand after what has been a rocky time for everybody um, commercially. 
you can see in all of the reports now in the financials that the, the sports business is, is bouncing back and we've now started to notice that the inquiries for our uh, services have, have gone up significantly in the last, uh, in the last, probably in the last quarter actually, it's been really noticeable. That's awesome. So bringing it back to Recipe Belt, how can people find out more and um, where do you point them to in terms of a website and, and just finding out more information? Yeah, well it will be, uh, everyone should go to recipebelt.com. Um, there's plenty of information there. You'll be able to see my face uh, on the video. Um, I've I've slimmed down significantly <laughs> since then. You know, sort of inspiration for doing so. Um, you know, my hair's grown back, so fantastic. <laughs> but um, yeah, please go to recipebelt.com and check out what we've done there. And you know, and anybody who's got any comments or wants to get in contact, you know, you know, you know please do so. We're really open to. To hearing what you think, how you'd like to see the product developed as we go forward, and for those who do adopt it into their training program, we want to know how you're getting on with it. Whether it, you feel, you know, that it's um, been critical in pushing that plateau out of the way and moving on to new PBs. The testing that we've done, you know, it's been fantastic. We work with British Triathlon and their their TAS um, athletes, which are the developmental group that are coming through towards elite. And in those tests, um, we've seen significant improvements in running economy, you know, up by six percent. So these guys are running at the same, able to run at the same you know, competition speeds, and use significantly less energy, feel fresher towards the end of the run. Which I think we can turn that or all turn that into, you know, improved PBs come competition day. That's exciting, and we'll post links to all those those videos and websites on our website as well when this goes up and as well as Progressive Sports website as well. So, awesome, Ross. Thanks again for uh, no joining problem. us. Is there anything else you want to add uh, for the audience? Um, well, I mean, it's been interesting to go through and talk with you. You don't, you know, you talk it through and you don't realize, you know, maybe sometimes how long these projects take and, and the things that you go through, you know, it gets, gets me thinking. So, uh, I'll probably have some, uh, some things to think about off the back of having this chat with you today. Great. So. Thanks again for your time. No problem, Mike. Thank awesome. You. And that's the episode. Thank you, Ross, and thanks, listeners, for listening. We put the video he mentioned up on our website, as well as a couple links. So if you want to check that out, it's sportstechnologypodcast.com. And remember to follow us on Twitter at SportsTechPod. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>